everybody. Thank you for joining us. Those of you that are joining us by live stream, we welcome you. Thank you for being with us. Those of you that are here today to worship, and uh, we welcome you. This is just so different for us to be managing uh, sanctuary and live stream. We've gotten used to this live stream thing, I'm, I'm here to tell you. So, so this is my mask. Uh, we encourage the wearing of masks, and um, we have lots of hand sanitizer around, and uh, you can sanitize your hands. We encourage you to abstain from hugging and, and handshaking uh, while here. Um, but we want you to have liberty in that as well. So here's what you do. You just ask the individual 
what is your freedom? You know, uh, you know, is it okay to hug you? And then if it is, man, go for it. Hug them. So we just, we want there to be freedom. We want there to be liberty. But we also want to honor uh, the requirements of our state. We want to honor other people's conscience, as Paul taught us to do. Honey, why don't you come up and... Uh... I'm watching you on Facebook Live. Oh, Yes, wow. yes. So for those of you out there, you can... Uh, I don't know if you're catching us by Facebook Live or by um, the Genesis webpage, but you can do both. And you can also send your friends out to either one to capture, uh, capture, is that the right word? See, see what's going on here at Genesis Church this morning. I know it's going to be a really great message. This is one of those messages that um, really will help you form what you think about Jesus and God. So you'll want people to listen. So happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thank you, sweetie. Yes, to a great, wonderful dad, our wonderful son-in-law. Happy Father's happy Day Father's to Day. you. And I know there's a, a lot of great... Oh, oh, Jeff, back there in the back, happy Father's, happy Father's Day. Day. And Jim, if you're watching, happy Father's Day. And we're praying that you get well and whole and healed in Jesus' yes. name. Healing to you right now That's in Jesus' right. name. That's right. And to all the rest of you dads out there, we wish you a happy Father's Day. We certainly couldn't do life without you. And uh, I couldn't do life without you. So you Thank have to you. stick around. Okay. okay. We, we've all had right. many talks about that. It's a deal. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of you guys, there's a guys gathering this Thursday night at 730. And uh, I know last time there was kind of a mix up on the times, but it is at 730, right? It's at 730. I had misposted it and sent out a an email blast uh, for seven o'clock. And so a uh, number of people did come on the, the call at seven. Yeah. yeah. And then we didn't get there till 7.30 and we're- And it wasn't we're... supposed to start till 7.30. Yeah. And so anyway, it is at 7.30, 7.30. guys gathering, 7.30. It's not a Bible study. It's not a men's ministry. It is a time for guys to gather and be challenged in their mind, their hearts, and uh, to laugh, to have fun. And uh, we talk about relevant uh, things going on in society. We talk about things going on in our life. And by the way, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas. <laughs> I don't know that I like that saying. Oh, okay. Okay, so let's forget that. Let's rewind, erase that. But what goes on in these phone calls stays on these phone calls. <laughs> Um, hey, uh, for those of you watching that might be part of our bingo family, it, we don't have a slide for this, but I want to let you know bingo's restarting, woohoo, June 30th, Tuesday, that's not this Tuesday, but the next at our two regular session times, uh, 12 noon, I have to think about it, it's been a while, noon and 7, we get there earlier, that's why I get mixed up, so noon and 7, if you want to come out and play bingo at Bingo Oasis, uh, there will be uh, COVID guidelines, uh, distancing as much as possible, distancing in your seating and uh, less people in the hall, uh, but you come on out. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a good time, and uh, we're excited to get back together. We're excited to see you back at Bingo. And um, then we just want to remind you about giving, that you're, first of all, we want to thank you. So many people have been so wonderfully faithful in their giving. We appreciate that. It's made a lot of difference. And uh, if you want to give today online, um, you may give through the website or you can go and to your phone, right there on your phone and text to give at 720-730-8510. And then here in the sanctuary, of course, we have our normal basket in the back where people can bring tithes and offerings. So I think with that, we're ready for We're worship. ready. Hey, this morning we have... Uh... Uh, Matt and Lisa back with us to uh, lead us in worship. We're so glad. A couple of songs here. Let's worship together. And oh, by the way, at the close of service today or towards the end of service, we will be celebrating communion together. And so go ahead and get your communion elements. We'll be coming back after the message and uh, receiving communion together. God bless you as we worship together now in song. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Um, this morning I was thinking about it's Father's Day, and probably most of you uh, have already thought about your father and maybe uh, send him a text message or call him or you're planning to hang out with him today. Um, 
And something occurred to me, this is also Father's Day for our Heavenly Father, and uh, probably every day should be Heavenly Father Day, but um, we're going to go ahead and take some time now, just worship the Lord. Put down everything else that's distracting you. Uh, I remember being on the other side of the, um, the live stream, and there are lots of distractions, so if you would, just put those things aside and focus on worshiping our Heavenly Father. Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall Well, you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won For you have never failed me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Your faithfulness I'm still in your hands this is my confidence. You never failed me yet. Never failed me yet. I know the night won't last. Your word will come to pass. My heart will sing your praise again. Jesus, you're still enough. Keep me within your love. My heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed me. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness, I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never failed me yet. Never failed me yet. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way, and I believe I'll see you do it again. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. I'll see you do it again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed. 
Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. 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 And I never will forget. You've never failed me yet. And I never will forget. Father, we thank you for being constant, being always the same, always faithful, always being there for us, carrying us, showing us the way. Thank you for being good. Thank you for being holy and wonderful. We worship you today. Happy Father's Day. Okay. So we're going to... Try that. sound out of that. Okay. Little hiccups. Anything that you can do, 
I just want you. Oh, I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else, Jesus. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else, Jesus. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else, Jesus. Nothing else will do. I just want you. I just want you. Nothing else will do. Caught up in your presence, I just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment, I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. I'm caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to leave. Father, we thank you for this day. and We thank you for holy moments in our life, holy moments when you guide us, you reveal things to us. You are so good and you are so confident. And we thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Well, wow. I mean, there's a service right there. Wow. Praise God. Well, that's one of my favorite songs. And uh, truly, truly, such a great, uh, such a great spirit song that just quickly, immediately, tends to bring the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to begin a new uh, series today. Um, but Matt, would you mind grabbing that um, stool for me? Because I'm going to move on you, Jenny, so uh, you'll have to adjust a little bit. But I'm going to start on the stool and then we'll see what happens. I am Famous for starting on the famous. I, I am known to sit on the stool to start and then not be able to stay there. But the reason I, I am even thinking of this direction and want to sit down and start this is because of the nature of this series that we're beginning today called Metanoia. Um, I've entitled this morning's message, The God Who Welcomes All. So this is part one. I don't want to hurry through this series. Uh, I have taught this subject before, and I did so in five lessons. I don't think I can do it in five, and I'm not going to try. I'm not going to worry about it. I want to follow the Holy Spirit. 
There are so many truths contained in this word, so many branches off of the meaning of this word that need to be explored that absolutely affect and, and um, address so many things about uh, our Christianity, the foundation of our Christianity. And so I want to take my time with that today. We were watching um, a new Jesus series uh, called The Choice. The cho the cho excuse me, The cho Chosen. It's o only available as an app in your app store, and so it can't be played even on Netflix and Hulu and things like that. Uh, the Chosen. Um, I love this, this series. I, I, I love especially the fact that it's making Jesus and the disciples and the Gospels real and approachable. And I, I, it certainly helps my imagination in going there and imagining what it must have been like. We were watching uh, this past Friday evening, Friday or Thursday, headed into the weekend and knowing my message and some of the things that I wanted to share with you today, and uh, we're at that part in the story where Jesus is just, he's calling his disciples and they're, they're learning more about what this is going to entail. They've had the wedding at Cana and the miracles. They've seen him open the eyes of the blind and, and uh, heal those that were lame. Uh, they, they, they know he's the Messiah and they're very excited. But Jesus is turning the religious establishment up side down on its head and uh, the disciples are very concerned about this because this is not the way it has been this is not the way they grew up nor the way they were taught at temple and uh, as as this particular episode is closing it's got Jesus and Peter talking and they're dialoguing back and forth and Peter's showing his concern and his worry and Jesus says to him Get used to different. And I say to you this morning, get used to different. I want to challenge you to listen to this entire series each week as it unfolds, as I bring it to you. And I want you to get used to different because this is really going to be different. Let's begin with this. What is God like? Is He loving? Is He kind? Is he angry? Is he judgmental? Does he require a process of shame and regret and turning from sin to right behavior? What did Jesus mean when he said on the cross, it is finished? Is it possible that religious teachings about repenting before an angry God have replaced the Jesus revelation of the welcoming arms of a gracious and loving Christ-like Father. So here's the big idea this morning. All are welcome because all have been reconciled. I have a little illustration for you here that's going to be on the screen. This is a um, picture. It's a uh, of a, a, a statue, but notice the tripart, the numerous parts of the statue. And I wonder if we could bring down the house lights as we uh, like to do for this uh, screen in our sanctuary, please. And um, would you take a look at that? So obviously you, you see man, and, and you might stay right there because we're going to need him back on, of course. You, you, you see man beginning to come out, all right? And he's, he's, he's blocked, he's being held. We couldn't say that he's free on the far left one. And then slowly but surely, he begins to make his way out in freedom. And, and then he's pushing with just a little bit of what's behind him. Could be religion, could be the law, could be the way you think, could be lots of different things. He's, he's, he's reaching... He's reaching to break free of what binds him, and then all of a sudden in that final statue there, 
You see him worshiping and thanking God, as I interpret it, uh, for his true freedom as a human being. And we know that that freedom comes in Jesus Christ. Now, here's an interesting take on this slide. This is the same picture taken just a few moments later with this. Could we show that, please? What's that cause you to think of? I remember the words of Paul in Galatians. Why would you want to go back into bondage? Why would you want to go back into the law and legalism and the old way of thinking? Thank you, Bob. Let's turn in our text this morning to the book of Acts, the 17th chapter. The book of Acts, chapter 17. I'm going to begin reading in verse 22. So Paul stood before Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, or Athens, I see that you are very religious, or that you are very religious in all aspects. For as I went around and observed closely your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship without knowing this is what I proclaim to you. Now, I want to stop for just a moment and say that, that, that we encounter this regularly as believers where individuals are not Christ followers, they're not believers, and in fact they may even be antagonistic not only towards the church but again towards God. Maybe they claim to be an atheist where they want nothing to do with God and don't believe in God. But here these men, now this was a council. Arapagus was not only a hill where they would meet to consider such matters and debate, but it was also a council. A council filled with religious leaders and the who's who of society. Paul is there at Arapagus and he's addressing them both, I believe, on the hill side, and we, we don't have a picture of that this morning, but I've seen it. It's, it, it sits in the shadow of Athens. It, it's an amazing place. And I can just see that council gathered, these, this group of religious leaders gathered and questioning and wanting to hear about this Jesus and this resurrection that Paul was preaching. And he uses the things that are familiar to them to talk to them about Jesus. And he makes the comment, he says, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship without knowing, this is what I proclaim to you. Now consider this, a lot of people worship without knowing why or what they're worshiping. And the answer is God. But we never bring it around to that because we're so steeped in our religious traditions that if the way they're worshiping and what they're worshiping and the particular style of worship or tenets behind their worship don't match ours, well then we call them deceived. We call them outside the faith. We call them... Uh, Oh, at its worst, that they're going to die and go to hell unless they repent and turn and believe like we believe. But that was not Paul's approach here. Paul took the very things that were religious to them and he flipped it and he said, look, I want to talk to you about the very things that you are worshiping. Because the very things you're looking for, the peace you're looking for, the joy you're looking for, the quiet, the success in life, all of these things that you're looking for in life, peace and security and financial stability and so forth, the, the things that you turn into gods and that you worship, you even have one called an unknown God and you worship that, all of those can be found in the God that I want to talk to you about. His name is Jesus. He continues, verse 24, the God who made the world and everything in it, who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by hands. Verse 25, nor is he served by human hands as if he needed anything, 
because he himself gives life and breath and everything to everyone. That, that reminds me of the words of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount when he was sharing and talking about the Beatitudes, as we call them. Jesus said this, For God gives his sunlight both to the evil and to the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. How fascinating. When is the last time that we approach somebody who didn't believe the way that we do, and instead of criticizing them or telling them that they're wrong or that they have to change, that we simply begin to draw their understanding of God, their understanding of religion and peace and security and comfort and success and so forth. And, and we begin to point them actually to Jesus and say, you know, the God I serve is a good God. He sends rain on both the just and the unjust. He's good to both people that are evil and people that are good. When's the last time in your witnessing and sharing of Christ you told somebody that? Instead of putting them down, tell them, you know, God, it's obvious God is behind that in your life because God's good and God loves you. And He must have sent that reign of peace. He must have sent that financial blessing. He must have sent that uptick in your career to you because that's the kind of thing that my God does. He loves people. And, and He reigns down good on the just and the unjust. <laughs> Things are going to be different. Get used to different. And in verse 26, from one man he made every nation of the human race to inhabit the entire earth. From one man he made every race that inhabits the earth. That means black. That means brown. That means yellow. That means whatever shade of white you are. Whatever your race, God made us all from one man. God made the races. God developed the differences that we see and celebrate in culture. Those are godly. But unless they all find their focus back, unless they all find as a stream that they come back together in their flow, to worship the one true God, there'll never be peace. There'll never be honor. There, there'll never be justice. There's a lot being spoken about today regarding justice and oh, how we need it and how we need absolute change in our policies and in our systems so that we can begin moving in a greater justice racially. But you know, at the end of that, there won't be true peace of heart, true joy, true satisfaction with life, unless you find yourself in the God that Paul is talking about here. I'm going to continue. From one man he made every nation, all of the human races to inhabit the entire earth, determining their set times and fixing the limits of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope around for him and find him though he is not far from each of us. Verse 28. For in him we live and move about and exist. He's going to tell us now about the true temple. He's going to tell us about God's address. Everybody say God's address. Oh, come on, say it a little bit louder. You have to say it loud right now because we don't quite have a full sanctuary. A number of you stayed home and you're watching live stream and thank you. And those of you that are, have just stumbled across this on Facebook, don't hang up because uh, the best is yet to come in this message this morning, believe me. Here's God's address. For we too are His offspring. So since, verse 29 of Acts chapter 17, so since we are God's offspring, we should not think the deity is like gold or silver or stone, and imagine made by an, an image, excuse me, made by human skill and imagination. Wow. All men are made in the image of God. I don't care if you're black or brown or yellow or what shade of white you are, what culture you come out of. God made the cultures. God made the races. And every one of us 
are part of his being. We are his children, he says. And notice, the good news about God is to all people, not just Christians. The good news is for everybody, not just people that go to church or that pray a particular way. The good news is for everybody. Listen to this. And we're familiar with this because we sing about it at Christmas. See if you don't recognize this. Luke chapter 2. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Listen carefully. For I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all people. Today your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. Wow, I want to emphasize the fact that this good news about the Savior is for all people, not just churchgoers, not just people that pray according to the way my denomination sets forth the policy or the, the spiritual rules, the doctrinal rules, the theological rules. The good news is this, that Christ is Savior for all men. Here's what Paul said in Romans chapter 5. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act, one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. So we understand this trespass that resulted in the condemnation of all people. We understand that to be Adam, right? All right, if we're going to be intellectually honest now, we have to apply the same reasoning as he continues. So as in Adam all died, he says, so also one righteous act, Jesus, resulted in justification and life for all people. He does not say a certain race. He does not say a certain religious creed or theological belief. He says that this righteousness accomplished by Jesus Christ is for all people in verse 19. For just as through the disobedience of one man, Adam, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, Jesus, the many will be made righteous. You might say, well, see there, Jeff, it says the many. It doesn't say all. Well, now, wait a minute. You're not being intellectually honest with the passage. He starts verse 19 this way. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners. Well, how do we interpret the word many there? Don't we always say that every, all human beings are sinners because Adam fell? Theologically, basically, regardless of your denomination, theologically, we basically all believe that all fell, all became sinners because of Adam and what he did. Well, you must apply the same logic, the same intellectual argument to the rest of the verse. All right? So if all, according to the verse here, if all... Uh, were made to be sinners, he says here, all will be made right. The many or all humanity will be made righteous. Wow, I serve a God who welcomes all. If you're listening to me, and I hope you're listening to me in the sanctuary here and taking some notes, God welcomes everybody, regardless of your race, regardless of your creed, regardless of the church you worship at, or if you don't worship and you don't go to church, God welcomes you, and the righteousness accomplished on the cross and through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is for all men. All men, all humanity was caught up in that act of Jesus. Now, verse 30 of our text, Acts chapter 17. Therefore, although God has overlooked such times of ignorance, what times of ignorance? The context of this is that these People in Athens, in Greece, that he's speaking to, the leadership of, were worshiping idols, some they didn't even know. They didn't even have a name for them. He said, that's ignorant. You're worshiping things that are dead. You're worshiping things that are made out of wood. You're worshiping things that are made out of stone and they can't speak. You don't even know what you're worshiping. And here I want to point you to the one who is everything that you expect in your worship of those deities, peace, blessing for your crops, and serenity, and whatever it is you're looking for, my God has all of that in his being. You're his children, and he has brought you to himself through one act of his son, 
Jesus Christ. Therefore, although God has overlooked such times of your ignorant worship of other gods who can't even speak, He now commands all people everywhere to repent. Wow. And right away, and I know I used to, whenever I would read that word, I always thought of our introduction. Is God loving? Is He kind? Or is He angry and judgmental? Does He require a process of shame, sorrow, regret, and turning from sin to right behavior? That's exactly was my definition of repent. I read this verse as a darkness, as a, oh boy, okay, here we go. God's holding you responsible. You need to feel guilty. You need to feel ashamed. You need to turn around from your sin and start going towards the good news of Jesus Christ. And if you don't, oh, by the way, he says he loves you and he, 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 he's done this loving thing for you. Oh, but if you refuse it, he's angry with you. You're separated from him and he's going to cast you into hell. But remember, God loves you. Get used to different. Get used to different. All right. I'm going to illustrate what I'm talking about with another illustration. It's just a brief video. I want you to look at this. This is one of the most amazing things that I have ever seen on a video. We're going to lower the light, uh, house lights here. And as we do, again, watch this carefully now. Because you've got to watch the beginning and the middle and then the end to understand the significance of one word, perspective. Let's go. Now, is that amazing or what? Same statue, hasn't moved, two very different perspectives, two very different, excuse me, two very different images depending on your perspective. And what is your perspective based on? You've got to move. You've got to change. You've got to move from where you are to a different position to view the same thing, but boy, will it look different. And this morning, I challenge you over the next moments to look at the word repent from a different perspective. Here we go. The word repent in the Greek is the word metaneo. The early church began adopting the meaning of penance for this word as payment for their sins. Even the Oxford Dictionary says this about repent, a change in one's way of life resulting from penance or spiritual conversion. And the typical religious or Western application is that repentance means to feel remorse and regret for your sins. Its Latin root literally means pain, suffering in view of being liable to punishment or for pun or in punishment. You're going, to, you're going to suffer because God's going to punish you. Th this is the very typical worldly view. It's in our dictionaries. It's taught from our pulpits. And it is the Latin definition of the word repent. Commonly, repentance means confessing your sins. Feeling guilty, feeling ashamed, and confessing your sins. Now, the word metaneo, though, used here in Greek, has nothing to do with any of that. Nothing. Metaneo, the word for repent in the Greek, does not mean to feel shame. It has nothing to do with uh, being sorrowful. It doesn't mean to feel guilty. It has nothing to do with suffering or pain. 
In fact, it comes from two words. So metaneo is a compound word. Meta meaning a primary, it's a primary preposition denoting amid or together. We could also say with. And then secondly, the word nuos, which means the intellect, the mind. By implication, it means my mind, my understanding. So what, where is my mind, under, my understanding? How am I dwelling with? What is my mind with? In 19, excuse me, in 198 AD, Tertullian, one of our church fathers, original Puristic fathers of the church wrote the following, and I quote, In Greek, metaneo is not a confession of sins, but a change of mind. Wow. And see, that's what Paul challenged the Aragabus that he was preaching to, to do, to change your mind, to view things from a different perspective. He didn't tell them, to feel guilty, to feel ashamed for their way of life. He wasn't goading them. He, he, he wasn't preaching condemnation upon them where they begin to cry and weep and look for an altar where they could say, I'm sorry, God, please, please receive me. None of that means to repent. None of it. Verse 31, let's continue in our text. Acts 17, verse 31. Because... All right, let's go back and catch the, the uh, context now. So back in verse 30. Therefore, although God has overlooked such times of ignorance, he now commands all people everywhere to change their thinking, change your perspective, change your view, move to a different position regarding your worship and who is God and who's providing and uh, where your source of joy and love and peace and happiness comes from. Verse 31, because he has set a day on which he is going to judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he designated, having provided proof to everyone by raising him from the dead. Now, who is that? I ask you, come on, everybody, who is that? Well, of course, that's Jesus. Now, Let's, let's unpack two different phrases here. First of all, he's going to judge the world in righteousness. Do you see that? In verse 31, look at it. He's going to, and, and guys at the back there, if you need to throw those verses back up for us, be sensitive to that so that uh, our audience and our live stream can see. Verse 31, look at these phrases now. Number one, judge the world in righteousness. Number two, he provided proof to everyone by what? The resurrection. Say resurrection. What is the proof that God is going to judge the world in righteousness? Resurrection. The resurrection. Thank you very much. Let's say it again. What is the proof that God is going to judge the world rightly, in fairness, in love, as a loving Father who loves you? What is the proof that he's going to do that? The resurrection. the resurrection, okay? Now, let's unpack those two phrases real quick. He's going to judge the world in righteousness. That, that's, another, that's another hot button, the word judge. Because again, our, our, our thinking whenever it comes to the word judge is condemnation, heaviness, pain, suffering, what a worm you are, how wrong you are, you need to... You need to change your sinful life. You're going to go to hell. God, God doesn't want anything to do with your lifestyle or you because of the way you're living. That has been our connotation of judge. Judge or judgment and repentance have always gone hand in hand like twins, okay? I have to repent. Why? Because I'm going to be judged. You better repent of your sins or God's going to judge you. How ridiculous. And you can't find it in Scripture. Nowhere in the New Testament is that teaching available to us or supported. Now, here is what Paul did teach, right? Now, remember, Paul's the one who in our text said, we are his offspring and we are in him. Watch this. Colossians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. 
For it pleased the Father that in Jesus all the fullness should dwell. What fullness? Well, he was, he was telling the leadership there in Aragapus when he was preaching to them. In him we live, move, and have our being. Would you say it out loud with me? In him we live and move and have our being. Well, is there much left out of that? In him, in who? In Christ, Paul's preaching to these people who don't know Christ. They worship other gods. They even worship gods they don't know. <laughs> and so he's, he's saying, look, guys, there's a better way. I'm going to bring you good news about a God who actually lives. He's not made out of stone. He's not made out of, of wood. He talks to you. He loves you. And your all in all is caught up in him. In him you live and move and have your entire being. Now watch this. He says here, For it pleased the Father that in Jesus, in him, all the fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile. By who? Come on, help me out now. You that are here, that I can at least hear. You know, I can hear your feedback. Give me some feedback. All right, so it pleased the Father that in Jesus, all fullness, uh, he's going to take care of everything in your life. In him you live and move and have your being. Now, and by him, by who? All right, say it out loud. By Jesus, to reconcile all things to himself by him, Jesus, whether things on earth, things in heaven, and having made peace through the blood of his cross, he accomplished this. Wow. Whether you live on earth, whether you've already gone to heaven, well, guess that wouldn't apply, would it? <laughs> Wherever you are, you can't run from the goodness of God. Wherever you are, you can't run from his reconciliation. Whoever you are, whatever you're messed up with, whatever you're enjoying, whether you're a success in life, as the world considers it, and maybe you truly are a success in every way, regardless of your denomination, regardless of your culture, regardless of your race, no matter who you are, where you live, or what your career is, what your path is presently, or where you're at in your journey, in Him, in Christ, you live and move and have your being, and you have been reconciled to God. Say it. I have been reconciled to God. Say it out loud, everybody, and you on the live stream right now. Say it out loud right there where you're sitting in your home or in your car or however you're watching this on your device. Say it out loud. I have been reconciled to God. I love the way that Francois Dutrois says this. God found us in Christ before we were lost in Adam. <laughs> God found me in Christ before I was lost in Adam. Here's a great verse, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. Even as he chose us in him, when? Before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and blameless before him in love. You know, God didn't ask your opinion. God doesn't care what race you're of. God doesn't care if you have a million-dollar job or you're eking out a living, you're just trying to get by on ten dollars or $20,000 a year, and you live in poverty. You are just as much a child of God. You are just as blessed. You are just as much important to God as anybody else. And God wants to move you out of that place of shame, of bitterness. God wants to move you out of that impoverished state into a place of His blessing. Stop worshiping what you do not know and start worshiping the one who has reconciled you to God. He associated, it, uh, he associated us in Christ before the fall of the world. Hmm. I, I, I've got to stop. I've got to stop. We're, we're going to pick up here. We're going to pick up here. Uh, do one more thing, guys, for me back there in live stream. Watch this. Watch this verse. This is my life verse. This is my favorite verse in all of the Bible. This is my life verse. And I want you to read this now from a different perspective. Here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message 
of reconciliation. Wow. No matter who you are, what race, what religious belief, whether or not you're a churchgoer, or you're having trouble even believing in the Bible, I want to tell you something. God loves you. God accepts you. You're His kid. You have His blood flowing through your veins. He accepts you. And the reason I know that is because Jesus was resurrected from the dead. The reason this thing is so sure, this isn't just a nice Bible story, okay? This isn't just a religious thought. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. This is a for sure certain done thing that has changed the world and changed all of creation for eternity. Jesus came. He died. He hung on a cross with our sin, your sin, my sin. He took whatever was wrong and broken. He died. And He bore that for us. And then on the third day, He rose from that grave victorious. And He did that as proof positive that you and I have been reconciled to God. We are one with God. And nothing can separate you from God. Stop living, stop acting like you are separate from God. It's impossible to live in guilt when you know you are not separated from God. It's impossible to stay in poverty when you know you are one with God and that His blood flows through your veins. It's impossible not to walk in peace daily in your life when you know who you are, that in Him you live and move and have your being. And so you just command every incident that, that causes that separation. You command every thought, every circumstance in your life that causes you to challenge that belief and that perspective of who you are in Christ, you challenge that thing and you say, no, I will not give in to that thought. I will not give in to that feeling. Circumstance in my life, thought pattern in my life, belief system in my life, you're wrong. I refuse you. I am one with God. I'm reconciled to God. I'm His kid. And I'm as righteous as I will ever be because of what Jesus did. Jesus made me righteous through His death, burial, and resurrection. Let's pray for just a minute. And you that are watching by live stream right now or on Facebook, would you pray with me? Now, I'm not going to bow my head. You know why? Because <laughs> get used to different. I used to think I had to bow my head. I used to think I had to go into literally my closet. Jesus said, go into your closet, pray in secret. So as a young boy, I'd, I'd, I'd move things around in my closet. I'd move clothes on their hangers and everything, and I'd create a space in my physical closet so I could go in and pray. And I'd, I'd kneel. I'd find some boxes and fold my hands and pray. I used to believe otherwise God wouldn't hear me. Do you know God can hear you with your eyes open? You know God can hear you watching that little device right now that you're listening to me on? God hears you. Would you repeat these words out loud? God, you're my Father. Thank you for loving me. No longer will I worship what I don't know. You are Father. And I thank you for sending Jesus. He is the source of life. Jesus, right now, I accept you into my heart. I believe you died for me. I believe you've reconciled me to God. And that I have right standing with God. That in you I live and move and have my being in God. And I declare from this moment forward that my life is on a new trajectory. And I receive this because you love me. No more shame. No more guilt. No more suffering. I do repent. But I know now that that means simply to change my mind. I choose to think differently about who I am. I choose to think differently about how much you love me. And how you've received me right into yourself. Thank you for doing that, God.
Thank you, Jesus. You're my Lord. Amen. Now, if this message has touched your heart, if it's made a difference to you, watching by live streaming, you're watching by Facebook, or you'll be watching in the weeks, days and weeks to come from the website or a rerun of this, however you're watching this and you've prayed with me, would you contact us and let us know that something in today's message made a difference for you? Lisa and Matt are going to come now and just begin to sing this uh, second song that they did for us this morning. They're going to redo that song. And here locally, we're going to receive communion. Because of the hour, we're going to go ahead and uh, dismiss our live stream feed and uh, say goodbye to those of you watching us uh, live stream and Facebook. Thank you for tuning in. Remember now, next week, part two of Mataneo. We're going to begin to deal with some really strong uh, and strongly worded things. Let me, let me say one thing to you that I hope will bring you back next week. And uh, I'll, I'll explain it more uh, to you next week. Neither faith nor repentance persuades God to forgive you. Neither faith nor repentance persuades God to forgive you. And we're going to start there next week with Metaneo Part 2. You've got to come back. And we're just going to keep unfolding this. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend.